0: You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, February 6th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. A $2 million grant project is on hold in Sitka while the community decides where to put it. Almost a year ago, local nonprofit Youth Advocates of Sitka received a congressional appropriation to create a facility to house young victims of human trafficking and other exploitation. But the proposed location encountered strong objections from neighbors, and the Sitka Planning Commission refused to grant the facility a permit. Now its future is uncertain. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports.
1: The $2 million appropriation arrived quietly through Senator Lisa Murkowski about a year ago. The intent was to create a residential treatment facility supporting vulnerable youth experiencing human trafficking and exploitation by purchasing an existing duplex or other multifamily dwelling and adapting it to this new purpose. Through a pilot program named Coastal Haven, Youth Advocates of Sitka, or YAS, plan to provide mental health care, clinical services, life skills, and employment training for teens and 20 somethings. While the facility would prioritize Sitkins, it would be open to young people from around the state. In documents presented to the Sitka Planning Commission, YAS zeroed in on a possible location for the facility in June of last year a duplex on Dodge Circle. After receiving the funding in November, they put a $5,000 down payment on the property and signed a purchase agreement, anticipating closing on the sale in January. But since the duplex is in a residential zone, the group needed to first secure a conditional use permit for a quasi-institutional home from the Sitka Planning Commission. But neighborhood pushback was mounting. At the January 18th meeting of the Planning Commission, nine Sitkins spoke against the facility in person and in writing, sharing concerns about noise, traffic, and maintaining the single-family nature of the neighborhood. Area resident Mary Todd Anderson presented a petition with around 30 signatures from neighbors who opposed the proposal. Two Sitkins spoke in favor of the plan and shared personal stories of youth in their lives who would have benefited from the facility. Ultimately, the commission voted unanimously to deny the permit application due to strong objections from the neighborhood. Commissioner Wendy Alderson told KCAW that she felt conflicted about her vote and ultimately decided that the project didn't meet all the criteria for a conditional use permit in a residential zone. She said she's always been an advocate of keeping residential neighborhoods residential, and she said that as a commissioner, it's her job to consider community feedback, even if she doesn't always agree.
2: I guess this felt like it was just pushing it a little bit in our one zone. That, that on top of the neighborhood turnout was enough to, um, sway me to uh, vote against issuing the conditional use permit, even though I totally support the project. And I think that the, um, fears, um, were greatly exaggerated, but I guess that mm-hmm. you know, that's not my choice to make. It's the neighbors' choice to make uh, whether they support something like that in the neighborhood, and they overwhelmingly chose not to. So I had to take that into consideration.
1: In an email to KCaw, the executive director of YAS wrote that her organization had nothing more to add to the story. YAS had until February 1st to appeal the decision, which would have brought it before the Sitka Assembly for deliberation but according to Planning Director Amy Ainsley, YAS did not file an appeal. That means YAS will likely have to put the congressionally directed project on hold until they find a new location. KCAW reached out to Senator Murkowski's office to find out what happens to the funds if YAS can't identify a space, and they referred us to a representative from the Office of Housing and Urban Development who did not return our request for comment by press time. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine
0: Rose. Southeast Alaska has seen an uptick in fentanyl-laced pills. Fentanyl is a highly addictive opioid 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine. In Petersburg and other Southeast communities, law enforcement has found fentanyl most often in counterfeit blue pills, which are designed to look like the prescription opioid OxyContin. KFSK's Rachel Cassandra has more. So we're
3: gonna go over today how to use the Narcan spray. That's public health nurse Erin Michael. She's at a resource fair in Petersburg. And this is used for if you suspect somebody has overdosed from an opioid or a heroin. She's training a resident on how to administer Narcan nasal spray. It can help reverse an opioid overdose temporarily.
2: Too much of an opioid affects the parts of the brain that control breathing, and it can slow or stop breathing. So you
3: always, always want to call 911. The Public Health Center has been giving away overdose kits for free and showing people how to use them. The kits have the nasal spray and strips that can test if a drug has fentanyl in it. Michael says anecdotally, there are reports of increased fentanyl in Petersburg, which can lead to overdoses.
2: I have been hearing of increased fentanyl that I can't get into details because we're such a small community and for privacy reasons. So it's really, really important that people know that it is happening in our communities.
3: In January, there were two likely overdoses in Skagway. Two Sitkins were also charged with intent to distribute fentanyl pills. Craig Campbell is a lieutenant at the Juneau Police Department. He's also part of the statewide drug enforcement team. He says Juneau has seen a rise in fentanyl.
4: Fentanyl has become just more prevalent across the United States. You know, sometimes Alaska maybe uh, takes a little bit longer to get things up here, but we're seeing more pills come in that we're catching.
3: Campbell says there have also been more overdoses.
4: We're seeing more people that are, it's a fatal overdose or people that are overdosing and then their lives are being saved by first responders or even other people uh, nearby them that are using things like Narcan to save their lives.
3: He says pills with fentanyl can be any color, but most commonly in Southeast, the pills are blue. They're designed to look like oxycodone pills. They have the letter M on one side and the number 30 on the other. But Campbell says the pills are fake.
4: The oxycodone, oxycodone used to be a widely abused drug in the United States at some point over the past six, eight years, it's much harder to obtain. So it will say drug dealers or drug cartels are now making counterfeit versions of this pill, uh, because that's the pill what people like.
3: He says illicit drug manufacturers use fentanyl because it's a cheap and easy way to create a potent pill.
4: Since it's a synthetic drug that's counterfeit, people can make it, and fentanyl itself is very low cost.
3: And he says even taking one of these pills could lead to an overdose.
4: Controlled substance like these drugs are not tested for quality and purity, so some drugs could have more or less. And it can take one one pill, uh, fentanyl, can be considered lethal for people. And I can't say it's not always lethal, but it can be.
3: Back at the resource fair, Michael wraps up her Narcan training.
2: And it could save a life, so
0: yeah. we appreciate you getting that.
3: Michael gave five Narcan trainings at Petersburg's resource fair. She says she hopes people take steps to protect themselves, their friends,
0: and their loved ones. In Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. In Petersburg and many areas, residents can pick up kits with Narcan at their public health center. Many kits include strips that can test drugs for fentanyl. To report drug sales or trafficking anonymously, go to junocrimeline.com or talk to a local police officer. In the heart of Juneau lives a fragile ecosystem surrounded by urban development. The Mendenhall Wetlands State Game Refuge has been preserved as a habitat for birds, fish, and mammals since the 1970s. But some environmentalists are worried it might be threatened by the proposal of a second connection between Juneau and Douglas Island. KTOO's Anna Canney has more.
2: The Mendenhall Glacier melts into a river that meets the ocean right next to Juneau's airport. It forms one of the largest tidal salt marshes in southeast Alaska. It's considered a key habitat for hundreds of bird species and an essential spawning ground for fish. Matt Robis is a retired wildlife conservation officer for the state. He says the value of the wetlands is easy to overlook.
4: It's an extraordinarily important piece of habitat that we often take for granted because it's right in the middle of our town and we drive alongside it every day to and from work and to and from the store.
2: Robus is one of many local scientists who worry that the habitat might be threatened by new development. The idea of building another bridge, tunnel, or causeway to connect Juneau and Douglas has been around for decades. But the project started to take shape when the city and the Alaska Department of Transportation launched a study to scope out possible locations for the crossing. The study outlines eight possible routes for the crossing. Half of them pass through the Mendenhall State Game Refuge. The refuge is already bordered by major developments like Egan Highway and the airport.
4: There's already pressure on this habitat and there aren't other habitats around like it to replace it. And therefore, our concern is that it really shouldn't be subjected to another significant negative impact. And these crossings have at least the potential to do that.
2: The Refuge Management Plan is set up so that a route can only cut through the wetlands if there's not an option to go around it. The current study for the second crossing has three options that are outside the refuge, but it also has four that cut through the refuge. Irene Galleon, a senior planner on the project, says she understands why some people are worried about the many routes that cross through the protected wetlands.
1: People are going to see some options out there that they might think are like, wow, crazy. But it's important to put them out there so they can be analyzed, so they can be supported or shot down.
2: But there are limited locations for the crossing outside of the wetlands. Some of them would be too close to the existing bridge. Galleon says it's important to consider all the options. At this early stage in the study, there's no preferred route. But public comment received so far will help to narrow down possible crossing locations. If the city decides to proceed with the crossing, all the selected routes will have to go through a more robust environmental review under the National Environmental Policy Act.
0: In Juneau, I'm Anna Canny. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.